Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Sally. I'm Linda. I'm Ing. And we're moving along. Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 16 of our podcast. It's been a whole month or so that we've been in quarantine. Um, so we're going to talk about some things today that will hopefully brighten your days at home. Uh, but before we get into that, we're going to start with our weekly recap. Um, so I guess Sally can get started. <laughs> so what have you been up to this um, week? I've been really stressed with like school and like job and stuff like that. Oh, there's just so many things that I have to do and like I have to get everything done before we graduate, which is like in a month, I think, at this point. Mm-hmm. So I've just been really stressed with trying to get everything done before graduation. Um, you have to get... I have, like, I have to... Huh? Yeah, like certain stuff I've... done for your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to do a bunch of forms. I think like I have like 10 forms I have to fill out and give back to the HR person. Um, I have to write my thesis, make a presentation, which was supposed to be due on Monday, but I didn't do it. <laughs> um, haven't even analyzed my data yet. Um, and then ha- on top of that, like classes and exams are coming up for these classes. It's just a lot. <laughs> but in other news, how's Animal Crossing? My town is thriving. <laughs> I just upgraded my nook's cranny, so at least I'm thriving on Animal Crossing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been, like, binge-watching a lot of Bon Appetit videos. What? Binge-watching what? Bon Appetit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been watching It's Alive with Brad, and I've been watching, I started watching Chris Morocco's show. It's like, um, Pro Chef recreates, like, a dish just by taste mm. and smell. Uh, he doesn't get to see the dish, and he has to try to guess what's inside of it. So that's pretty Does cool. He get it right? Chris Marco, <laughs> he gets it like pretty. He gets like a B grade, um, in terms of replication. But yeah, he's like my. He's kind of taken over my favorite character spot. Chris. Yeah, he's like, he's such a underrated character in the BHS kitchen. I just can't get over how Claire. She's always like when I ask Chris to taste something he first sniffs it and then like takes like a <laughs> tiny little bite it's like a squirrel but... <laughs> i've been watching yeah, he's so funny i've been watching brad's videos too but it's like the epitome of chaotic energy so it's too much i love it i love chaotic energy <laughs> but yeah that's what i've been doing what about you guys wait ming you're on the uh live right not live takeover yeah i'm doing the the take over the quarantine routine on our instagram today we all are actually mm-hmm. so we well, by the time this episode comes out we would have already yeah. done yeah. it but <laughs> yeah that's what um i've kind of been up to i wanted to clarify something i said last week though where i was like really distraught about losing my internship but uh actually i didn't fully lose it i emailed my supervisor and she was like well, we just can't pay you, so if you want to come back and keep working unpaid, then you can full join. And um, I was going to say no, because, like, why be unpaid and I could try to find something else or do something else with my time. But then I realized I'm actually getting, like, six credits from this internship, so I kind of need it. And, well, I'm still doing it for a month, 
So until we graduate, I guess I'm doing an unpaid internship. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it adds structure to my week. So I'm not that upset, I guess. But I'm also trying to look for other internships or jobs right now that are paid. It's really hard right now. But I did have an interview Monday over Zoom. Mm -hmm. How did it go? It went really well. They were really enthusiastic, but it's very like small scale. Like, I don't think it'll turn into a full-time job or anything so is it another nonprofit? no it's a actually a startup um for an app where it's all about like it's kind of like venmo but with the intention of it being for like intentionally long distance so if you're you and your friend are like long distance or something and you know that they get coffee every monday morning at this coffee shop you can send them it's called a koya like kindness anya oh, i think yeah, you send them a koya and it has, like, you can record a little message and then attach, like, $5 to it or something. So It was, like, Ko-Fi it, or something. Do you know yeah, it, it works off, like, location basis. So mm. if you go near the coffee shop, then it'll, like, ping you the money in the message. So oh. I interviewed for them because they market or, yeah, they need marketing help. And they're more, they're trying to get into the, like, the wellness space, too. So, yeah, that was with my interview. That's but I don't need though. You, you walk to a location, it the like location. notifies. you're being yeah. tracked all, at all times. Yeah, I, I don't know how that works specifically, but I thought it was a cute idea. And they really liked that I had the experience of being in a long-distance relationship myself. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, other than the interview, yeah, I've just been taking care of my plants. And, yeah, we saw. Know, I, saw that, I saw that one year plants died. I don't know, it didn't just die on the story today. It was knocked over. So, like, it's still all over. I don't know. It's on this, like, little short shelf because it gets, the, like, the best sun there. And then I think my dog knocked into it or someone ran into it. And so, like, it all fell over. And none of the pots broke. But, like, all the leaves kind of snapped on my one of my um, oh. aloes. So mm-hmm. I had to, like, get rid of it. But I replanted oh. everything else. Wait, it died just like honestly, that? Huh? It died just like that? I don't think I don't know if it fully died, but it was like the roots were like completely like pulled oh, out of it, good. and mm. all of the, the like the little arms of the aloe plant were kind of like broken. So I could try to like propagate it, but it was kind of ugly to begin with. So. <laughs> good riddance. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, that whole accident is like how my um, time at home is going right now. Where like seems really great on the surface, but then it's kind of all over the place. But Linda, how are you even? Um, so I have an interview tomorrow for oh. an internship. Um, I think I think Maine knows what Nakasek is, but it's with them. Wait, um, what? With what? Nakasek. What is it? It's the explain. It's a North American, uh, Korean association, but they worked with the adoptees for justice thing, and I met them at Ikasu. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's about like health activism and stuff. So I'm kind of mm. excited to talk more about that. Um, it's like an internship, so it's not going to be like a full-time job, but I'll still take it. Also, it's in Annandale, which is supposed to be really cute. Annandale? Is Wait, it's in, town? in Virginia? Yeah. Oh. Wait, it's in person? They said that it's supposed to be in person, but they'll like wait and see how everything oh, is by okay. the time it starts. Like, is it like a summer internship? Um, I think so, yeah. Like late summer-ish. Mm-hmm. 
I actually have never heard of them, but that's all really cool. Yeah, At this I point, I haven't had a Zoom interview before, so like, I, what was it like? My Zoom interview, okay, at first it went really well because I timed it so that we would enter like pretty much at the same time because I didn't want to be waiting and I didn't want her to be waiting. So I kind of just didn't like joined on the dot and then it was going really great and it was two of them that were interviewing me, but then it like cut off like the sound, like they froze and everything like that. So I was like typing in the chat like, oh my God, I think you guys froze. And then they ended the call and then recalled me. So yeah. that was the only issue, but that's like that's not our fault. So it was fine. I remember before this even happened, the pandemic even like was serious in our area. I had a Skype interview with like the lab, the first lab that I was talking about in the podcast, and it was so awkward because I he could see me for some reason, but I couldn't see the the guy that I was talking what? to. So I was just talking to like a blank screen, and but he could see everything I was doing. And I just felt so nervous the whole time. Yeah, I would hate that. Because I like seeing yeah. when people talk or like professors on Zoom talk. I can't just like yeah. see their voice. I need to watch them. Mm-hmm. Man. I was on a phone well, interview, like just by phone. And it was really awkward because it was like a three-way call with other people. Oh. And then whenever someone would talk, they would have to like... Because like, no one would know who would be like getting ready to talk or whatever. So everyone mm-hmm. was like talking over each other. And there'll be like long, like awkward pauses. I'm like, like sweating, like, dear lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every time I edit the podcast, I have to take out a bunch of gaps. Mm-hmm. And I might have missed them, so I don't know. But it's like gaps. It's and just we hard. Talk over each other. And it's like, yeah. Like, We're like, oh, oops, sorry. <laughs> you go first. It's okay. This is raw. It's real. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Unfiltered. <laughs> well, Linda, besides your interview, what else have you been doing? Um, I've been trying to cook more. Um, I make curry, which is pretty easy, but from the like from the blocks. What? What blocks? From the, did you make it from the blocks in the box? No, <laughs> it's like golden curry or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like you like melt it in the pot? Yeah. But no, it had like a sauce that you just put it in. Oh. So it was obviously just like pour whatever and then put the sauce in, and then it just like comes out good. So you like can't go wrong. So what did you make? Huh? So what I make? What did you contribute? Whatever they said to do on the thing. <laughs> yeah, I try to do more. Maybe baking. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know Emily Rue, aka Are You, Are you pure? pure? Are You Pure? Yeah. <laughs> on Instagram, um, I re- I tried one of her recipes recently. It was Banana. the cinnamon oh. toast, cinnamon toast cereal bread. Mm. And it's like really healthy. There's you don't add any processed sugars, and it's turned out really good. Um, but the key is you have to use like almond flour as the flour base. I guess you can't substitute for all-purpose flour because I tried that once and it was dry. But then. Yeah, when I did it the right way, it turned out really good. And the texture is like really, it's really um, moist, mm. and it's a like a good amount of sweetness. So I really like it. You should bake on your takeover tomorrow. Show the audience. <laughs> I don't know if I have time. <laughs> okay, so for this episode, we're gonna talk a little bit about what we've been doing to pass the time such as some like hobbies or just interests and games that we've been playing or games (laughs) together um and we'll talk a little bit about how we got into these interests and hobbies and what um, we're doing to like continue it and 
and or further grow our hobby. So first off, let's talk about <laughs> the most relevant one, which is Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all three of us finally have the game. Ming and Linda bought their Switch just for this. <laughs> so how has your experience been well, for you guys? I thought it was... I'm, like, pretty excited by it, and I play it every day. But it's definitely, like, a slow... At least for me, I I feel like my progress is very limited because there's all these, like, tricks you have to learn or, like, tips and stuff. And I'm just, like, so far behind everyone. I just want to have, like, my full house with plants in it and stuff like that. But right now... <laughs> I still have to figure out how to use the slingshot, so. Oh, yeah, I keep missing, too. It takes me, like, <laughs> 10 tries. Okay, the trick is you have to see where the balloon is, walk forward, like, towards the screen a few steps from it, and then look up at the sky. So, you know your right stick? If you mm -hmm. go down on the right stick, you can look up at the sky. And if you can see the balloon, like, straight aligned with your person, then you can press A and use it, and then it'll it should hit the present. I feel like this is too much, like, trajectory math. <laughs> too much physics. I mean, you don't have, like, <laughs> no. a limited ammo, so... You just have to you be alive. as many times as you need. Yeah, that's true. I just figured out how to fish, like, how to fish successfully. Because I was just... I thought mm -hmm. it was, like, oh, if they bite it the second time. But then I kept missing it. They gotta it grab it underwater. I realized it's, it's the sound. It's, like, the, the plop yeah. sound. Yeah, a lot of people say, like... I actually do this too. If you don't look at it, it's easier to catch it what? successfully. Because then you don't you don't anticipate it. Cause you can just listen for the sound, mm. and then it's more distinct that way. I guess. There's just too many little tricks. Oh, yeah, tips. oh, I met that ghost on the island. It took me a while, huh? Ooh, a ghost? yeah, I got it. Get... It was like so cute. There's so many like hidden things, and just looking at the the nook miles thingies and seeing how many blank things is like so exciting. I guess, because there's so many different things you can mm -hmm. do. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get the Nook Miles Plus upgrade yet? Because after you get that, you have even more tasks. Yeah, the that thing you on top. From... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, going back. <laughs> Tom Nook really knows how to milk this game. <laughs> you had to be in debt forever. <laughs> um, how did you guys get started with this game? Or I know Linda... The first time I heard about it was because she had like the little pocket camp. The app it does not compare. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Did you have the original? I told you. Huh? Did you guys have the original game? No. I had the game on my DS. I had uh, Wild World. Wild. On my DS Lite. <laughs> it was like one of the earliest versions of the game. Especially, ex like, especially for America. It was like one of the earliest versions. So I learned most of the tricks there. Mm. And yeah, I kind of miss, so there's some characters that didn't make it into this game from the previous game, such as, like everyone's talking about this, but the guy who runs the roost, rooster, he's like this coffee shop guy. Like, he has his own coffee shop and he'll like make you a cup of coffee. And in some of the games, you can actually work as a part-timer for him. So I really wish they would uh -huh. make that into this game because it's also so cute. the lore is really interesting. <laughs> and then, like the Animal Crossing the lore. Like I was reading about it, and apparently, like you know how when you get two villagers on your on your island, one of them uh -huh. is like the big sister personality, and the other one is like the jock personality. Everyone I has didn't those know two. It was always it was two like personalities. six personalities oh, in total. That makes sense. But yeah, because obviously yeah. I had this jock, and I have this like big sister. Wait, who's your jock? Who are your villagers? Um, I have this bunny and a pig. <laughs> <laughs> what are their names? I don't know. Yeah, I forgot either. the names. 
What? But they're really cute. I don't really talk to them. I'm best friends with all my villagers. Wait, actually, I have a villager that's moving out. <laughs> it's a horse. Do you guys want one? Wait, I have a horse already. I want a horse. I want a horse. Okay, Ming, take my horse because okay. I feel bad kicking her out. But wait, I isn't the horse on like, the carpets? I only have... Oh no, no, that's a camel. <laughs> Linda. Oh my gosh, and she's not a villager. She's I'm just kick a her visitor. Out. <laughs> I only have my two starter characters right now, and one of them is really rude mm-hmm. to me. I don't really like her. It's the uh, the kangaroo. <laughs> the net. Hit them with the with the net and make them move. Oh my gosh! Wait, I have a kangaroo and a frog. <laughs> I want a frog. Or is it a frog? I want a frog. Or a koala. I don't know. It's green. What? It has green eyebrows. What? <laughs> so I think it's a frog. My favorite characters are the deers. They're oh, so yeah. like pretty and majestic. I have Lopez, who has like purple eyeliner. <laughs> He's super cool, and I gave him all these cool clothes to wear. <laughs> and then I have Diana, which is like, she's a white deer, and she has these like pink accents, and like she wears a little cute blush on her face. She's so cute, and her house is so pretty. It's like a Greek um bathhouse themed oh. house. Well, I feel like um, yeah. influencers are gonna start like doing their makeup tutorials, like based on <laughs> animal yeah. crossing looks. Uh, how do you get um new villagers? Because I only had Gullivan, and then he left. So you can go Gulliver. to the mystery island. Oh, Gulliver's not an islander. He doesn't live on your yeah. island. But if you go to the mystery island tours things with the Nook Miles ticket, you can find random people there. And then once you build your campsite, you can also see random pe- random people will show up in your campsite mm-hmm. that you can invite to your island. Okay. I have yet to leave yeah. my island. So. <laughs> okay, leave your island and come in for me. <laughs> What other um, hobbies? Right, do you want to move on to <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Linda, you had this idea for the episode, so what have you been up to? We all know that you're artsy and creating the zine, but have you been doing other things, or do you want to talk about that? Um, so I made the zine, and I think it's hard trying to like market it and stuff, so right now my approach is to release... like. Uh, module or like two pages per day until the end of this week and then mail stuff out this weekend um because mm-hmm. i do want everyone to like see it and not like so i want all the content to be like free that i make eventually mm-hmm. um i'm trying to get more into like gumroad because it allows you to it allows the customer to pay a price so it's like a sliding mm-hmm. scale um obviously it doesn't work for like if you actually want to generate income and have like a a predictable amount of money coming in but I feel like that's like a flexible way to to have your stuff available um so I'm trying to get into hmm? do you want to talk about uh, do you want to talk about your zine and like what it's about and also how did you get started like monetizing your product or why you wanted to start it I guess um so my zine is like coming from emotions of missing college and like mm. feeling that this uh I won't be able to see my college classroom again, but still wanting to celebrate the time in college that was made of like learning and organizing and how that can translate. And I really like drawing school scenes. Um, it's like familiar and fun. And I know that mm-hmm. for um with all the, the pandemic stuff that's going on, we see a lot of like things being 
revealed, um, like injustices being, you know, on like a greater scale than before. So people might want to learn more about what's happening. Um, a lot of people may be like radicalized by what's happening. So I want to make things a little easier and kind of have like a primer on resources that people can use to learn more about topics like transformative justice, like environmental, um, environmental health and things like that. And I, I want to monetize it just to see like what would happen um, if people would be, would be interested. Um, and it does feel nice to have like a product that I'm like kind of pushing out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have experience making zines before or why this medium, I guess? Um, I think zines are like pretty popular, like gateway into publishing or like independent publishing because they're really easy. Um, anyone can make them. Um, a lot of people make like uh, post-it note zines where you can just fold up a piece of paper and have it be like a little story. So this is really like mm -hmm. easy and accessible way. Um, you can just like put a lot of images, text, uh, multimedia stuff together and it can be a zine. So yeah, and there's, I see a lot of cool zines coming out. Like there's fan zines. Um, a lot of people are making zines for charity. Uh, like they're selling them and the profits are going to, to a mutual aid fund and stuff like that. Yeah, now is like a good time to like get into, I guess since we're all stuck at home and for those that like don't have to work outside of the home or can make an income like being inside, it's like we have the time to explore these interests or you wanted to try monetizing something or um, yeah, try picking up different hobbies like Sally and baking and stuff like that. So I think this is a good time if you have like the energy and the time to do it because I've I've definitely gotten into more hobbies or just because I'm bored and I don't want to be on my phone all day mm -hmm. I'll like do something different or I'll try something new but I also just sometimes okay so I have the, the plant thing and I've been into plants for a while but then I started to like really um follow people that do you want to like, talk about your really planting plan <laughs> Yeah, and so, like, I don't know why, but I've always felt this, I think this is just my, my personality to, like, whenever I get into a new hobby, I always, like, start a Tumblr blog or an Instagram, like, dedicated Remember to your it. yoga and then I eventually Yeah, like, <laughs> Study blurry. high school, I had um, a, a yoga Instagram for, like, like, not even that long, but I always feel like I have to have these dedicated spaces to it, and then I feel bad whenever I, like give up on the hobby so then I like uh, delete it and stuff like that but yeah so now I have a plant Instagram but <laughs> I'm really trying hard not to like care about like who looks at it or to monet not monetize it but like likes and stuff mm -hmm. like that like advertise it heavily because I feel like I already mm -hmm. do that a lot for uh, this podcast kind of and then for like my internships so it's hard Did though. Did you want to talk I, about I the, the need duo dino the duo dino era? <laughs> Oh, yeah, what happens to your food Instagram? Yeah, that was, like, another hobby Instagram, I guess, which I just got kind of tired of taking pictures of food. Like, I still take pictures of food, but for myself. And I guess that's more of the issue, which I think we could all talk about, because, Linda, you have your personal, but, like, also art Instagram. It's kind of, like, the two. Mm -hmm. But for me, I feel, like, the need to separate it, and I don't know why. And I always 
have to like display like oh I need to take a picture of my plant to show that it's growing really well but like I don't have to do that I don't know I was gonna ask you about it about like curating a feed and stuff because you have like Mm -hmm. all these different (laughs) accounts that sounds so bad why does it sound bad I don't know I sound I'm like embarrassed of sounding superficial I guess curating a feed I don't know I don't want to be like that person uh I don't know but continue continue like I don't know how to do it because you're like building up a whole new following and that can be really hard Mm -hmm. you're like starting from nothing Mm -hmm. I guess and I think for me it's really hard to separate like art from like your person so you do want to have that kind of personal touch to what you make so that's why I kind of like avoid separating it also like just keeping track of all these different accounts and things like that is so like overwhelming so I guess do you have any advice for people who are trying to get into posting things more especially we see uh, people documenting what they're doing and sharing more going on live all the time (laughs) yeah I guess yeah that really shows the difference between the two of us how you find it overwhelming to have the different accounts I found it really like helpful to have like I can't imagine having like my food like my following of food instagrams or like plant instagrams and like all these different ones all in one like the fact that your instagram is both an art and a personal one really like what <laughs> it's like it's like two types of people yeah. one that likes to compartmentalize and one is just like everything's off the mixed grid. together I, yeah i definitely like I'm, have the yeah i'm hashtag off the grid <laughs> Um, you've definitely gotten back into it because of the pod maybe because of the pod yeah yeah i just i like posting on stories because it's like it goes away Mm -hmm. i guess and it's not really like like it doesn't affect your feed (laughs) or whatever and it like you don't have to look back at it like it will go away after a day so if i don't check back then i don't even see who like who looked at it and i don't have to care about that i guess but then for posts whenever you get a notification whenever someone likes your mm-hmm. photo or comments on it so like that's like you're kind of forced to like check up on it and stuff so it makes me mm-hmm. kind of stressed to do that kind of stuff no yeah so, i love checking insights it's, like, though easier <laughs> like insights on my website <laughs> insights on instagram because you can see who like who saved it and who like sent it and stuff and it's like mm-hmm. new stimulation mm-hmm. i guess <laughs> that's basically what it is doing social media as a job or like at my internship that's kind of what I do there's like like mm-hmm. further in-depth analytics you can have but that's the basic gist of it I think um to answer Linda's question about like the tip if you did want to like create this curated Instagram I guess for a specific topic is like the hashtags <laughs> really work I guess the hashtags and like following people of similar accounts and stuff like that because there is communities like every little hobby or creative thing has a um a whole community especially on instagram like that's what i liked about um tumblr when i had my study blur like study notes um stationary kind of type tumblr is like people were always commenting and stuff like that so that's true i miss the tumblr days mm-hmm. that's when you really felt the com- community because then you can, like, read people's hashtags mm, and, like, I love like make, like, comments on the hashtags. And you can also, like, DM. People will DM you sometimes or, like, ask questions. Anonymous asks and stuff like that. Yeah. Sally, so, how's your TikTok? I also think Tumblr. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Let's not talk about TikTok. Are you? I'm on hiatus from it. Are you curating your TikTok? We're on hiatus. Well, we haven't posted anything in a while. Because I'm curious, because uh, Leonard and I don't have TikTok, but is TikTok similar in the way that of other social media where you're like, you have likes and stuff like that, where you can see notifications of people? Yeah, yeah, but I think it's like less in your face about mm. it. Although, I don't know. I don't really know how the algorithm works, but supposedly TikTok makes it easier for, like, people who don't have a, f- like, strong following to have their video show up on other people's dashboard or feed. Um, so, like, I don't really know how they decide what gets showed up on your dashboard, but it's not entire. It's not just the people you follow. Mm. It's, like, a bunch of related things, I guess, but... They always give you a bunch of suggestions on accounts that you can follow or like videos that from accounts that you don't follow, I guess. If that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's more of like a hodgepodge of things. And I think for TikTok, the way to get more people noticing or watching your videos is mainly to do like the trends, the, cha- the challenges, because people will go on those hashtags or those songs and then you can scroll through like similar posts and stuff like that. So. It's kind of a different strategy from the other social media. Yeah, that's that would be a whole different if you really wanted to grow your TikTok because it's not mm-hmm. just based on your followers, I guess. Or it's like easier to get followers and get an audience, but then you yeah, have to like I think it's easier get that content out. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But people who do TikTok have to upload. Like, if you want to be successful, you have to upload a mm. lot. Like, people say like a few TikToks a day <laughs> and like consistently. I don't know, but. It's 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 because the first thing people see is I think the first few seconds of your video, and you're they're not even seeing your name mm. or like how many likes or comments you have. So you have to capture people from that first few seconds, and then they'll keep watching it or click off of it or something. So yeah, that's kind of how I it's more, see like yeah. Twitter, where when I first see a tweet and I like think it's funny or want to retweet it, I don't really care about the person who wrote it. Like, I just care more about, like, sharing it or whatever. And then I have to keep seeing, like, yeah. good tweets from that person to actually follow them. Mm. So that's way different from Instagram, I feel like. But also, yeah. I feel like you follow people who are, like, more content-based. I don't know. I think me and me have different, like, Twitter following approaches. <laughs> well, I do have two Twitter accounts, too, so. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> What are your two Twitter Wait, accounts? You, Linda. you have two Twitter accounts. Yeah, but the other one's kind of deactivated. Oh, you're like William where he has like <laughs> yeah. three or four. I never know who I'm, who I'm DMing when I'm messaging him. But uh, yeah, Sally, I have two because I have like a professional facing one, I guess, that's like public to everyone and that I try to only keep towards public health stuff or like Asian American stuff or like politics, that sort of thing. Something that like I guess people say that you can use Twitter now as a new form of, like, not portfolio, but, like, if an employer was to see it, like, they could see how your interests and how your, you have thoughts about, like, tangible, <laughs> important quotations. Do you link your Twitter on your applications? Uh, I, my Twitter is on my portfolio that I do have on my application, um. but uh, my website is on my Twitter. So I guess if you go to that public Twitter, you can see the website. I don't think it really, like, it hasn't helped me get a job or anything, but I just like it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, again, I like to separate, like, the more serious stuff from, like, when I just want to tweet about memes. And I like mm-hmm. phone up to tweet memes, and I don't want, like, random <laughs> people to see that. 
But also I feel Mm -hmm. like increasingly we're associating being creative with posting on social media. Like for me, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, uh, I'll make this thing so I can like post it later. But I think for Sally who has taken art classes and who does pottery and things like that, it's a different kind of like reward approach because you're doing it for for a grade or to, to do well in class and stuff. So do you feel like that's kind of different or what was your experience making art for a teacher or for a class? Yeah, well, the reason why I took a class um, to begin with or art classes in, throughout college to begin with is because I wanted to learn, I guess, more techniques in art or just like push myself to do more art. Um, I feel like without a structure, I can't really push myself to do art on my own because I'm so busy with other things and like it'll just be in the back burner of my mind to do art. So I like having a schedule and like someone pushing me to have a product. So that's why I chose to take these classes. And I also, I learned a lot from the different types of classes that I took. I took, the first one I took, um, which everyone has to take as kind of an intro, is the basics of like drawing I think introduction to drawing something like that where we use pastels and charcoal to to make like 2d drawings and then I took a 3d art class and that one was really interesting because I learned I learned uh woodworking well not really woodwork yeah kind of woodworking like with the band saws and stuff like that so it was a more large-scale project um and then we also used different medias we tried to use some cast like dye and casting projects um and then yeah they're yeah we just explored different medias and thinking in 3d thinking about making art in 3d was just a different experience for me because i always thought about art like for me i'm more comfortable with doing art in two-dimensional with like drawing um painting um some digital art like graphic design um i've never really explored 3d art so that was really cool to learn all that um, and then recently I've been taking the pottery class, which is also a form of 3D art, I guess. Um, but this one was more different in the sense that I wanted to make more functional pieces. Um, so it takes more time to like think about what the end goal. Yeah, like, you have to think more about the end goal of the project. Like, am I going to make a bowl? Is it going to be a vase? Is it going to be a teapot? And, like, how big do I want it? So, I don't know. I just like thinking in these different ways. Um, and then having someone to guide you along the way is really nice. Like, my prof- my instructors in art class have always given me good critiques and, like, directions if I'm stuck somewhere. So, I think it's nice to have a structure sometimes. Not really. Um, all the projects were self, like, individual projects. So that's really that's really interesting because um yeah. I'm trying to think of what Linda said earlier where she was like doing something to post on on like social media like Instagram versus like doing something just to to learn it and I think both are valid mm-hmm. um but when you said like you like the structure of being taught in the class um mm-hmm. that's exactly why I have avoided like art classes because I Really? I don't like the idea of being like critiqued on my art or that's also why I don't yeah. like to talk about doing art that much or like oh I just doodle or something like that like I don't try to take it seriously and I don't want to. That's an expectation. I, really bad. I agree. Yeah 
That's true. So it's interesting how we all like have different approaches to it because I'm also like starting something. Uh, I guess it's not that creative, but or you could call it creative. But like doing these CS classes is like a new hobby that like mm-hmm. I surprised myself by wanting to do classes and having that structure. But I think it's a good medium because it's not like I can get graded on it. Like we have homework assignments, but it's uh, not yeah. being graded. But it's also let's talk a little bit more about your CS class and how you're taking it. Okay, so it's a just a YouTube free course. Um, it's taught by this guy named Colt, and apparently he's um, a teacher typically for like those coding camps and um, stuff that you would take if you want to actually get a certificate in like um, web development or any of that kind of coding. And so um, people go and pay a lot of money to take these classes if they want to transition between jobs or like post-grad if you want to change what you want to do like they have ux courses and stuff like that but he decided during this time i guess of corona that he wanted to offer this resource for people who have no um like coding or cs experience at all and so it starts with html and then it goes to css and um, javascript so it's for web development so if you wanted to make a website and like make it look cute and stuff like that so i'm taking it and yeah, I think it's a good medium between like, I don't really talk about it on social media. I don't create the homework assignments to post at all, but it's also like, that's less pressure, but it still has a structure of a class without the grading, I guess. I don't know. It's a good medium. So I found myself that mm-hmm. I'm like really into it and I'm sticking to it. And it's also just nice to have that new skill. So yeah, it's a new yeah. creative. Class. I like that kind of structure too. Um, for me, like the, from the different art classes I took, I agree that it was a really like stressful thing to ha- put your art out there for people to critique. And that's also another thing that I didn't like about art class. Um, and like when you compare, when you, everyone like shows the art, of course, you're going to compare mm-hmm. yourself to everyone else in the class. And then you'll see like, I guess I'll like start ranking myself and it's just not good because there's always going to be someone better than you and you always feel mm-hmm. bad about yourself. So that's why I didn't really like, I have like a love, like love, hate relationship with art classes in the university. But when I was taking the pottery <laughs> class, it's more self-directed, I guess. Um, every week you just sit down, start working on a new project or work on your existing projects and you don't have anything to turn mm. in. Like you just make whatever you go at whatever pace that suits you, and then the the instructor will give you like a little bit of inst- instruction time to like teach you how to make a new thing or a new shape or something. Um, but it's not really like you have to turn in something every week, mm-hmm. and you don't have to care about what everyone else is doing. You just work on your own thing. So I like that structure a lot more. Uh, I'm taking yeah, an Asian American writing workshop class right now and I think that kind of like mm-hmm. goes along with both what you were saying because my teacher doesn't have any deadlines she just gives us like writing invitations every week and then we can write if we want and then we can also do uh, class critiques if you want so you can like volunteer your work for the class usually it's a struggle because no one wants to volunteer their thing but I can see how it would be helpful like I volunteer my stuff for a critique once and I think she led the discussion really well like she asked questions like so what do you think was a turning point of the story like what do you think the narrator was trying to say and stuff like that and I think that's the most helpful mm-hmm. part like having an, an instructor or a professional pay like personal attention to your work and I think that's like also motivation for you to continue improving I guess 
because uh, I have this like thing I want to show the teachers mm-hmm. that I'm like doing well and stuff like that so that's another mm-hmm. good thing about doing it in a class versus you're posting it on social media for people who are following you it's like a different kind of validation well, I have two mm-hmm. questions on that because well first this class is like an actual registered yeah. class where you it impacts your GPA right yes <laughs> so yeah I think that kind of class um is yeah had that slight difference from like Sally's type of class where there's no grades at all even though it's still through the university yeah. I don't know it's like through the pottery class yeah. it would definitely like change how I even acted within wait that Sally class, what about your stuff to... in the kiln <laughs> oh my gosh it's still well it's it's probably not in the kiln anymore, but it's still sitting on those shelves. And I'm scared because you're not supposed to let your pottery dry out so much um, if we haven't finished, like, putting all the the, like, the um, foot and stuff. I still have to put the foot and, like, trim it and stuff, but you're not supposed to do it when it's fully dry. So I don't really know what I'm going to do with the ones okay. that aren't fired yet. But, but I have some that got fired, and they're supposed to be fired again for the glaze, but... I don't know when they're going to do that. Sorry, sorry, Ming, what were you saying? Supposedly, we're going to be able to pick them up maybe next semester. But, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> next semester? That's so sad. Yeah. Um, so at least we'll get them, hopefully. Yeah, I guess my second question was about, I'm trying to remember, social media and how you have your register, or like your UMD class where you do creative writing and you say you like having the instructor like I don't know showing your improvements I guess do you find that like on social media or within your art communities that are like based in social media I guess um do you get feedback or critique or like is that what you're doing it for or you're doing it more to just like show what you've made I feel like it's kind of weird to get critiques over social media because if someone commented on my thing and said wow you've improved then it's like what so like (laughs) I was doing bad before or something or like who are Mm -hmm. you to like critique my thing even though it's like it's like a compliment obviously but I guess like you have the the professional perspective it gives them more weight yeah so it's like you would find would you ever take an art class I guess is another question I mean I don't know would I ever be in school again Maybe I'll take like well, stuff well, like Sally's, other like, settings at a, at a community yeah. center and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, and even from my pottery class, there was this person taking it that wasn't a student at U. Yeah, you can pay to take so you can maybe yeah anything local. Um, we can look into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be I'm fun. like really excited for, um, I like I want to be a postgrad person who continues my education, not necessarily for a degree because. I guess I, I do want to get a master's one day, but like also doing like these kind of classes where you're just taking a class just to have that instruction, but not for grades. Like that'll be such a new experience that I'm kind of looking forward to. I hope I, hope I have a solid job that can give me that income <laughs> so that I can take these classes because yeah. um, Stefan's mom, she takes like Japanese class and dance class and like art class wow. just like on her own free time just for her fun and She's like really into it. I, I want to be like that where I'm not doing it for a grade or to show off on social media, create another Instagram account, but like just for <laughs> my own. I guess, yeah, just to try something. Yeah, me too. I like 
even after college i want to be like constantly learning something because mm-hmm. i feel like learning or like having a class schedule really helps you structure your week or like makes you feel like you're achieving something sometimes but some things i want to do in the future is like continue learning chinese mm. um because my chinese is nowhere near good <laughs> and then maybe like learn another language like st- in a structured way maybe korean <laughs> so i can understand k-dramas mm. Mm. Do they have classes for, like, adult learners? Like, all I hear about is, like, Chinese school. But that seems more of, like, youth. There's stuff That's for adults. Kids, so um, I don't really know. There's, like, an online thing from a university. Mm-hmm. But I'll look up the link later. Um, mm-hmm. I know Skillshare has many classes. <laughs> Sponsored by Skillshare. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, Ming, there's a reward yeah, for you definitely... to do that workbook. A reward. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Wait, is this from your mom or it's from, from you? my mom? <laughs> Why well, is so much pressure? Okay. pressure. It's not a punishment if you don't do it. It's like a reward if you do do it. Yeah, but she'll know. What I don't. Book? It's a Chinese. It's like here. Let me show you. It's like the beginner, um, beginner Chinese new practical Chinese reader textbook that apparently she uses this, this for classes, mm-hmm. right, Linda? Yeah. So. Is this like what elementary school students use in like China? Oh, oh my. I feel like I've heard of this name in like history classes. It's kind of a lot. It's like a little harder than I thought it was going to be because, um, mm. yeah, I don't know. It's better for me to understand it, I guess, like by sound. So like reading it, yeah, I'm always like, oh, I'm saying this, but I don't really know if the tone is right, but I'm just guessing. But I guess it's useful for vocabulary. And something else I started doing is... Um... Yeah, how about C-dramas? Okay, I hate C-dramas. <laughs> the one that I started in year garden, I absolutely had to stop because it was just getting so cringy and I didn't want to, like, keep watching. Like, I found myself, like, scrolling <laughs> on my phone while watching it. So I stopped watching that. But something I did recently is, you know how um, Whaley on YouTube sometimes talks in Mandarin or Cantonese? And they used to have a whole, like, dedicated mm-hmm. um, channel. Like, the vlog channel? Yeah, the yeah. channel. Aya Wally. Uh, Aya Wally. But I think they see most, mostly Cantonese on that, so I'm not... I don't want to confuse myself. So I found the few videos where she speaks Mandarin, and she said herself that she's, like, still learning it, so she speaks slow. So it's, like, perfect for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, she speaks slow. She adds really nice captions. And so I, like, follow along. And if, if there's a word that keeps saying over and over, I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. That's nice. So I need her to make more videos. <laughs> yeah. But um, that would be something that would be on my list to like work towards. But it's definitely hard without the structure. And I think for a language, I would really need like an instructor or someone to punish me. <laughs> <I don't laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. There's a YouTuber that I follow. Um, she is like Korean American. Like she was born here. And she goes, she is a full-time YouTuber, but um, in her free time, I guess, well, not free time. She signed up for a class at UC Berkeley because she lives in the area. Mm. And she just takes that one Korean class, um, like, regular, like a regular student. So I guess that's another way, even though you're not, like, like formally enrolled in a school. Like auditing? Huh? Like, no, she, like, signed up for it, enrolled in it. But you can still, I guess you can still take, like, individual classes, mm-hmm. even if you're not enrolled in a school, maybe. 
so that might be an option for after after like full-time education you can still do, do that yeah when i worked for the cs department sometimes you would get like really not old people but like older adults who just want to take a class and you can at least at maryland there's an option that you can take classes as a non-degree seeking student mm-hmm. so it's like you don't want to get a degree mm-hmm. or anything out of it or you don't really care about the grade you just want to get it and have that credit so yeah that's an mm-hmm. option but what else or other hobbies, I guess, because we talked about like, I guess, animal crossing and art, <laughs> plants and language and um, putting things on Instagram. But I don't know. I'm trying to like think of new things I can do, but also I don't want to overwhelm myself. Like I, I do want to be focused. There's um, something you can do since you have a sewing machine is recently um, I've been making these masks. Instead, so you know how face masks are really hard to buy mm-hmm. now. People say that there's actually a study that shows that if you make a cloth face mask from like scrap fabric or whatever, and then you put, you need at least I think three layers of one ply to- one ply um, paper towel in oh, it, um, and then if you put the that inside the mask as like a filter, then it's good enough to filter out I think. I want to say like around 90% of the bacteria viruses. So it's a pretty good alternative to buying commercial face masks. So if you have the tools, you just need a sewing machine and some scrap fabric. And then everyone should have, hopefully, some paper towel. Um, Then you can just make your own face mask and leave a little slot in the face mask to put in paper towel every time you go out. And then just throw away the paper towel and reuse uh, use a new one every time you wear oh, your face mask. Wait, I should actually tell my mom this so, because you know what she's yeah, been Yeah, that's making? what we've been doing. She's been making like, mm-hmm. I have a few right here, so many face masks, just like fabric ones. Because uh-huh. she likes to oh. sew a lot. I don't really like to sew sadly, uh-huh. so maybe that might not be the, oh, did you make the hobby. I get Well, for anyone else. <laughs> but she's been making them too, so that's a really good tip that um, if you have the materials mm-hmm. in time, this is certainly yeah. the time to do it. And you can learn how to sew. But I used to watch mm-hmm. with Wendy videos, knowing fully well that I would never sew anything she was making. I just I never do any of her products, but it's so interesting. Yeah, it's like cool to see how she transforms and like sews this into something. And it's also her voice is very mm-hmm. soothing. But yeah, I'm not sewing is too too much. Like, how did you get into sewing, Dad? Like, did your mom tell you about it? Because you make them no, my mom stuff. doesn't even sew. Oh, really? Uh, you know, my dad does the sewing at her mm. house before I learned, I guess. But my grandma, or p- the people on my dad's side, my grandma, my two aunts all used to work in the factories as, like, seamstress, I guess. Like, working the sewing machine um, before they retired and, like, settled down. Settled down. Um, but they have, like, industrial-grade sewing machines in in my grandma's house. Um, my grandparents house in New York so that's where I started like observing I getting interested in sewing I guess I never used the industrial grade sewing machine but I was always interested in learning how to use it and then I think my dad bought a singer or brother Mm -hmm. sewing machine it's like a small you know the basic Mm -hmm. versions for our own house so then after he bought it I started like playing around with it I wanted to make I think my first projects were like I don't remember something simple, but the first actual product that I made was the shorts that I gave all my friends. Uh, they were so cute. So, 
Yeah, they're really easy to make pajama shorts. Um, it's an easy project if you want to get into sewing. You can just look it up on YouTube. There's a bunch of patterns, and you don't really need a pattern. You can just trace your own clothes and sew from there. But yeah, I've been. I really liked making the pants, and then I tried to make more things, but I just got tired of it. <laughs> it's a lot of work to make a project. Oh, what? <laughs> just cut off the. Cut oh my off the gosh! Legs. I used to do that too. So mad at me. <laughs> No, I used to, um, we used to, t- me and my friend used to take a razor and try to make, like, rips oh in the shorts. <laughs> no, that was me because my mom wouldn't so buy me ripped jeans. She's like, I'm not uh-huh. gonna buy you when they're already destroyed. So I would do that and I, I would, like, do it at my friend's house and then I would come back home and be like, yeah, oh my it's god. It's always at like, the friend's I house. I or something and, like, I have a hole. <laughs> but I also used to do the, um. The things where you like cut a cotton shirt and then you like tie it yeah, crop top. in different ways. No, not crop tops, but it was like you would cut like slits on the sides, like like a lot of different slits, and then you would take the the fabric strings that you made and like oh, tie you it. Tie the. That's so I hate that. yeah. that. I was really into them for um like all the girls that went to like church camp or Bible camp. We would always take our like uh camp shirts and like do that. And then I don't know what phase. Hopefully, it was like sooner rather than later. But like in high school, I realized that it looks absolutely ridiculous. So. I have a whole bag of like the the jean legs <laughs> that I cut off. You <laughs> in my childhood should make masks. Oh, sewing machine. You can use that to sew. I'm like a quilt. You can sew by hand. Sew by hand. I can. Wait. Ew, a jean little women. Linda, do you still um knit? Yeah, I used to knit, but I can't make anything. I can just make like a sheet. <laughs> I don't know how to knit like round things. Round? I Look won't. it up on YouTube. <laughs> it's so much work. My sister has been making a bunch of um knit things. Wait, let me show you guys. Okay, narration. We Sally's all, running to like... the corner. You oh my god! Grab the bunny. It's so cute. It's like a bunny, a crochet three D bunny. It's dressed in it's a so pink so outfit. Like... So thirty. The pink overalls. Yeah, she didn't actually. She crocheted it. But yeah, she made this whole thing from scratch and stuffed it. It's super cute. She crocheted. So we'll leave a photo in the Instagram. Yeah, we'll have it on our website too. All the links that we've talked about. <laughs> but I feel really ashamed because I used to learn, or my grandma taught me how to crochet, and I was really into it in like middle school. But I could never make something like that. Like all I made were little like dish rags. <laughs> yeah, I have no patience for that either. Wow. But maybe with all this time, we'll start going back. I feel like a lot of people on Twitter, especially when they talk about, like, have you seen Linda where they are talking about, like, oh, I'm making bread by hand and, like, like there's a shortage of meat and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like everyone has, like, gone back. There actually is a shortage of flour now because I feel like everyone's making bread. Mm-hmm. Bread, baking. I went to, yeah. It was, like, my first focaccia. Yeah, I went to the other day. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I went to Lido the other day, and the flowers, like, completely sold out. Really? That's scary. It was, like, flowers. the only bag left yeah. was, like, half open and ripped. Ew. Hey, we had to get buckwheat pancake mix because there wasn't any um, regular buckwheat. Wait, isn't what that is what, like, people, pancake? like, bake when they're, like, healthy? Like, I'm making a buckwheat oat. Like... What? Who says that? <laughs> no, I definitely heard of buckwheat before. It's, like, fancy. But when I used to read buckwheat noodles. my horse. Oh, the Korean people eat that. Mm. 
Oh, so cool. I want to learn how to cook more Chinese recipes too, like food, because I'm really, I really miss, like, that. all I have is really just bok choy and soy sauce. Like, that's the only I thing I I bought have. the book, uh, you know, the girl in the ECC conference, oh, I don't know if she was there, but she had one of the sponsors or someone that knew her, like, they had a book, and it's called The Taste of Taiwan, oh, I think. Uh, I bought the cookbook and it's really good. It has a bunch of Taiwanese recipes. It has the sambeji that we talked about. We tried it in Taiwan. Yes. Um, yeah, it has a bunch of cool recipes. You can probably Wait, I want that find recipe. it still. <laughs> yeah. I'll send a screenshot to you. The thing is, is that like the basic, most fundamental thing of Asian food is rice. And this house you don't does have not rice? have a rice cooker nor rice. You can still make it in a pot. Oh. So you have to go get some. Yeah, but she has. I don't rice. rice. I need to get rice, but like I checked Costco and they're out of rice. So you can make uh, noodles. There's a bunch of noodle dishes, mm. and you can use spaghetti as noodles. Really? So mm-hmm. a lot of the dishes you can. Use you can just make tomato and egg, and then add some more stuff to make it more saucy, and then add noodles. Tomato mm. and egg with noodles, because you guys have always prepared it with rice, and I feel like to be like sacrilege if I no. do it with rice. No, I it's mean, not. You put tomato and egg on. Tomato goes really well with noodles, actually. Mm. Oh, I just really like tomatoes, but my sister hates them. Maybe I'll make that recipe next. Do you have miso sauce? I have soy sauce. Oh. Wait, I also have chili paste. Which, I don't know if that does anything, but... Mm. I've contemplated... I've been watching... Wait, you go first. Oh, yeah, just to finish that thought. I was contemplating getting a rice food. That's why I was asking you guys for recommendations. But then I decided not to. <laughs> I could tell you. Okay, so I've been, you know how I've been watching Bon Appetit videos mm-hmm. and It's Alive and Brad? <laughs> I kind of want to try some of his uh, fermentation projects. Like, um, there's one where he makes scrub locks. Mm. So he, fer- it's like curing the salmon to turn it into locks. And it seems pretty easy. He also makes cured egg yolks. that, And that sounds like something that would be really good for like, cooking mm-hmm. and like, garnishing or something. And then he makes miso paste too, but I don't have any miso beans. So if you have any, that we could that would be a cool project. Oh Ming. Yeah, maybe when we You know those um where you came to my house the last time and then we had popsickers? So mm-hmm. we and those popsickers were the wild onions we got from our lawn. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You tell me that now? Yeah, I forgot, but... But yeah, those... Like, they're really good. The stuff that you can... Like, I think you know I what I'm talking about. Like, the... Yeah. I don't know if they're going to call wild onions, but... Just like yeah, green onions. onions. Green onions? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's another wow. thing that people have been, like, showing off on Twitter. That they're, like, growing um, green onions from the roots. Like, everyone has their jar of green onions and their loaf of, like, really? yeast bread. I've been doing that since we've been doing that since birth I know it's like all these things that are coming back because we're stuck in our homes so like we're returning Mm -hmm. like Linda said to our roots but maybe when we leave quarantine finally wait Linda what weren't you um making like a weren't you doing Mm -hmm. a garden with your family with like vegetables and stuff how's that going growing we haven't really done anything Mm -hmm. else but like let them sit (laughs) And do whatever oh. they need to do. <laughs> They're just bulbs. Oh. 
When will we be? When will be? <laughs> when will we I'll eat the produce? No. no. I mean, you can time. eat our wild onions from our lawn. <laughs> I already have. <laughs> I'm just going to the yard. <laughs> I have green onions. I mean, I'll start growing them in a jar. Just grow them as grass in your yard. <laughs> like pulling them out feels like Animal Crossing. <laughs> Wait, this is like, yeah, too reflective of Animal Crossing. The weeds. What is real life? Or you can sell him weed mm-hmm. and, get, <laughs> and get money. I saw this tweet and saw, she was saying how she was like taking a walk like in real life outside and she passed by a pine cone and she said she almost picked it up because she thought she could make a recipe out of it. And then she realized oh my it's like Animal Crossing. It's so weird how it's like it's in Animal Crossing is like real time, so it's like a very potent form yeah. of escapism because you're just like living mm-hmm. another. Place. It, was, it was so weird. I saw so I was at Lidl the other day for groceries, but then they also sell flowers, and I saw like lilies and pansies and what are the, hyacinths at at Lidl, and they look exactly what like what they look like in Animal Crossing, Too and I was real. like, wow. <laughs> It's actually a reflection of real life. <laughs> it's come full circle. Also, in this yeah. podcast, we started with Animal Crossing. And I guess we can, like, finish it with Animal Crossing. Full circle. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We're going to wrap up this episode. So we talked about a lot of different things. Um from doing creative endeavors and classes to posting about it on social media. And we talked about a variety of, of activities. So Sally has done, I think, the most extensive resume of 3D, 3D art, <laughs> pottery, um, 2D art, things like that. But uh, I know Ming has done a lot of like, different hobbies, such as like food Instagram, doing plants, um, doing design and stuff. Doing plants. Um, I don't know what to call it, like horticulture? <laughs> sure. <I'll- laughs> yeah. And I've been, recently I've been trying to monetize my art and kind of dealing with the different tensions that come out with that. But since we're all in this quarantine together, we see a large outburst of people doing creative activities, people doing new activities in their homes, um, from playing with your characters in Animal Crossing to baking to making masks, as Sally was saying. So... There's a lot of stuff that we could all try. Um, I certainly feel more inspired to, to do baking, to do gardening, things like that. And I think it's um, a wholesome side effect of this whole thing. Yeah, so check out our website at movingalongpod.com where you can find all of our episodes, including this one, and show notes with links. Um, and you can also search for episodes on certain topics. So if you want to listen to relationships or CASA or Taiwan, that sort of thing, you can sort by that. And it's created by our good friend, Stefan. So thank you, Stefan. And we'll especially have links um, to the different topics we talked about today. And we'll put a link there if you want to make your own mask or anything like that. So you should go ahead and check it out. And if you like this episode, you can still follow us on Instagram at movingalongpod and rate or review us on Apple Podcasts because that helps us out a lot. Until next time. Bye. Bye.